Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello there and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to the show. It's Linz and Krista. We are in the thick of summer. How's everybody feeling? I feel like summer vibes have changed so much as we've gotten older. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I'm trying to think because in, in Los Angeles it's May gray and June gloom, which basically means it's like overcast for two months. And I know most people are like, shut up, it's beautiful the rest of the year. But yeah, so it doesn't feel like summer in the first couple months. And then honestly, sometimes summer in Los Angeles doesn't feel that good because the beach gets really crazy. This is me being old. So I don't know. That's I'm what like, I mean. I'm a We're really like, our thighs are sticking together. It's hot. There's too many people. Too many people. Especially in New York, there's a lot of tourists. There's people moving around. It's just, yeah, I think it's a different experience when you live in a city. Than when you live in the burbs, because in the burbs, it was like the best. You're like, I'm going to go to the local pool. We're going to yes. grill out on Fridays. Like, oh, that was the best feeling. I saw someone at the top of the summer. I saw someone's Instagram story and she's a teacher and she was, it was the last day of school and they were like waving to the buses as the kids like rode off into the summer sunset. And I was like, oh my God, that feeling. I feel it everywhere in my body right now. <laughs> I, you remember that feeling? Oh yeah. Of just the being countdown like, was on. We're done. Mm -hmm. that's how I feel that feeling I feel sometimes when I have a big speech or a presentation or like a hard conversation I'll have that feeling after where I feel like I just took an exam just got out for summer it's like the most relieving feeling where you're like there is nothing more for me to do I can totally relax one summer I went to summer school though I don't know what I was doing grade-wise I think I was like <laughs> I think I got recommended for summer school. Truthfully. Oh, really? Yeah, I had like a, a dip, a, a lull in my <laughs> achievements. And I went to summer school and my parents had to convince me to go to summer school. So they bought me this outfit from Limited 2. And I, mean, I wore these do. like black board shorts with like a rainbows on the side and then a top that was so itchy, but it was cool. It had a smiley face on it and it was like mm -hmm. LTD2. And then mm -hmm. I had my platform white sneakers and I was like, crushing on this guy named Lance and I was like I guess I can do this <laughs> me and Lance are both I a little bit have behind the, <laughs> I have the visual so hard in my mind because I remember the texture of those shorts oh my Dude, god they were those so comfortable were everything they itched the whole outfit itched the top like embroidery itched my skin I got a rash like the board shorts were so uncomfortable everything mm -hmm. was just like not a nice fabric but cute as hell they looked sick. I should talk to my mom. I'm actually going to call her after this and be like, why did I go to summer school? <laughs> Was it for a particular subject or you don't remember? My grade vibe, like my school grades were just like very up and down. Some years were stellar and some years, I guess, weren't that good. I think it was eighth grade, seventh grade going into eighth grade. And I think it was for... It must have been like a math or something like that because math was like never my jam. But Same. I also think my parents were so focused. They were kind of in that vibe energy of like, we want to get our kid ahead in any way. So we're going to make them do all of these things. And I think they saw it as a way to get me ahead in things. I don't know. This sure. is me being delusional. <laughs> it's actually an accelerated college program that she went yeah, to. <laughs> it's actually like they wanted to get me out of the house and they're like, we'll do anything. Drop her off. We can't find her, a babysitter this summer for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> take this little freak away from us. We'll do anything. <laughs> I was really ashamed, though. I was definitely, I definitely had shame. I was like, oh, this is, didn't feel good. I think because for so many of those aspects of school, like, yeah, there's a lot of like shame things that can pop up, whether it's like an after school program or like, you're like, oh, your parents don't care about you or detention obviously detention but there's so much shame that you yes. like take on that it's actually not really a big deal like it is 100%. a big deal at the time but it's not you know I got suspended for mooning on the volleyball bus my eighth mm -hmm. grade so my eighth grade 
on the volleyball team, I sat in the back with my friends and I would moon cars behind us. And someone told on me and I got suspended. And I remember my coach and my teachers telling me and they were like holding back tears of laughter. And I was so ashamed. I was like, I'm in so much trouble. I've done such a bad thing. I felt so much shame. And I remember the discrepancy of like, why is everyone laughing? And then me feeling like I'm getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Like there was, yeah, everything felt very serious. And I think that from like a varying degree of how your parents sort of structured things. But I know for me, it was like end of world. And I remember calling this guy Rob like an asshole because he was and also he was kind of creepy, you know, just like there was something creepy. And I don't remember what happened. But I do know that he did something creepy. And I didn't even say it to his face. I said it to someone else. And then they told him, I don't know, whatever. And I got a detention. And I remember just being like, trying to explain to my parents and then also trying to explain to the authority like my parents kind of got it they're like whatever like he's probably a dickhead but like it's such a discrepancy with like authority because they don't know the real story and then dude that stuff can stick with you you can't be talking about that at 35 years old in therapy (laughs) dude it's so crazy i remember one time i got i remember i got a detention for i was late i think a lot and but it was like almost like I flipped it as like this was cool. It's like almost too you could flip things. You could be like, okay, this yep. is supposed to be shameful, but in some way you could make it kind of cool because it's rebellious. And even like getting in trouble sometimes with authorities in high school or whatever, you could make it seem cool. And you're like, okay, like all good. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I even got, I think sophomore year, Mr. Coates took me in and was like, You are our number one dress code violator. Wow. That was my slutty season. But then you got best dressed. So then I got best dressed. And then on when I got best dressed, I said, Mr. Coates, it was all worth it. No, there was a period where I remember I was making teachers uncomfortable. Like one of the teachers, Mr. Mr. Kennedy or something, had to like approach another teacher and ask her to like ask me to put a sweatshirt on because my like tits were out. It's fucking crazy, dude. Some public school in Ohio. I don't even know. (laughs) And it's so weird because now I'm like a nut. Like now I'm like, who knows what's going on in my body? Who fucking knows? But back then I was like, yeah, that's totally. Yeah. It's weird. Well, you had boobs. I didn't have boobs, but the the lengths to which I would go to like show that I potentially had boobs. I'm like, oh, this is disturbing. Boobs were superior at that age. Superior. I was just writing about this in our book a little bit because I was like that comparison thing of just like seeing other girls like develop faster and just being like, I am not enough. I need a push-up bra. I need to shave my legs. I need to wax my upper lip. I need to, you know, like all those things that like just make you look at yourself in a different way rather than just like being you. I think a lot of mine was what I needed to do to myself was just me kind of existing. And then it would be determined on what a guy would say to me about something. So it would be, you know, like I'm existing, this is what I perceived, but it would be like, I'm existing. And then they would say like, oh, you have a big nose or, oh, you have huge hair or, oh, you have like whatever it is. And then I would be like, oh my God, okay, how do I adjust to, to do whatever? Or a girl would say something too, or it's like, oh, you have this thing. And a lot of times, like a lot of the things about myself, I didn't even know until someone else reflected it to me. And then I was like, oh my God, I remember I used to serve at this restaurant and I was at the hostess stand with this girl. Her name was Elise. And she's like, girl, you need to like trim your nose hairs. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. I had like nose hairs like popping out. And I'm like, oh my God, if I didn't have this person telling me this, I would never know about my nose hairs. That was a good one. But there was other ones that like just really stick yes. with you from such a young age. Yes. I think Sean told me the other day, you need to fuck your nose hairs. Yeah. But yeah, the shaving legs thing, I remember very vividly fourth grade, this girl goes up to me and she's like, your legs are so hairy. And I was like, oh my God. And I went behind my mom's back and I shaved my legs. Not a huge deal, but it's like, that stuck with me. I'm like, oh my God, disgusting. Yeah. You're right. I remember my mom caught me shaving my legs for the first time in our bathtub. And I think I was like probably fourth grade or something like that. And she's like, well, you know, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. So (laughs) that was their thing. That was their thing. They're like, if you want to start, Exactly. And now you can't get me to shave my legs as as long as I'm alive. So it's like, 
there is that thing. And also when you're younger, when you want to have braces or did you ever have that? Like, oh, of course I wore them. Twizzlers in my mouth just to like have braces. You know what I mean? That feeling of braces. But yes, I had braces. And then when I had them, I was like, get this shit off. Yeah, me. I had mine. I didn't smile for like an entire year. I would smile like uh-huh. this in every picture. I would be like, <laughs> And also they so before I got my braces on, I was like, I'm going to whiten the crap out of my teeth so that they're so white. So at least that they're white. So I whiten them to like an opaque level. And then they're like, you know, what you should also do is get dark rubber bands so that it looks like more white. Yeah. So I got navy rubber bands and my teeth were like, they were crazy. It was. (laughs) And then I was tan as all get out. It was a whole journey. Last thing on that. I often wonder what parents think as they're just watching us go through all of these stages. Like, I hope I'm an accepting character because like at certain awkward stages, I can't even imagine what my parents were thinking, worrying about. I was on a walk with Jill, who's my neighbor and someone you know, and she was talking about like one of her cousins or her niece or nephew who's like 10 or 12 or something. There was two of them. She's like, oh yeah, this one's kind of like a little like, she's kind of a little nerd. And then the other one's like, we're going to have to watch out for her. Like she's saying things about her. And I thought about that, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that when I was a younger person that older people had opinions of me. And we're watching me and kind of like, oh, Mm. she's this or she's that or she, you know, I just, it was so weird. I was like, wow, I forgot. For some reason, I just felt like all the opinions and perspectives were from people of my age. And I didn't realize that like older people were like, oh, she's got crazy braces. You know, just like, it's like, whoa. It's probably good that we didn't feel that then. Oh, hell yeah. Too much. Too much. Too much pressure. I thought it was invisible to adults, I think. I thought I was like, wait, why are you? What are you doing in my world? Like, how did you how did you break through my like fantasy world that I'm in? <laughs> my Pisces daydream. Oh. Today's anywho. episode with Tinks, I'm really, really excited about. I'm really excited about. It was such Me a too. fun day and conversation. It was just such a pleasure. It was truly so much fun. We talked for like two hours, and that's why we have two weeks of this beautiful conversation that Tinks and I had. We talked about her book, The Shift, which is out now, which is a guide to dating, self-worth, and becoming the main character of your life. And we talked about dating. We talked about boys. We talked about her journey with TikTok. We talked about her career. We talked about friendship and our body journeys, which was beautiful. So in these two conversations, we're going to be going through all of those topics in such a fun, light way. And when she came over, we had our interview scheduled. I do not know why for 9.30 a.m. I was like, okay, we have an interview at 9.30 a.m., which isn't really like us. Usually we do them at 11, so you can have a moment, you can prepare. So she's like probably 15 minutes late, which is totally fine. She's like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And I was like, girl, I think that part of my job as a healer in life is to tell people it's okay when they're late. And I'm like, oh, I love when you're late. Like I just, she's like, wow, that felt healing. And I'm like, I don't know why we did 930. She's like, I don't know why we did either. She's like, this is feels demonic. I'm like, it feels a little demonic for sure. Like, I don't know if it was our team. So Marielle, what up? Like, I know what the deal was. I thought it was her team. I thought it was like, oh, she has a full day. Was it my team? Exactly. I'm like, maybe your team is trying to get you up and out the door and like started early. Maybe it's like one of those things where they think you're going to be late. So they like tell you it's early, but we started really early and she was just so cool. She's so smart. I didn't know how like educated she was and how intelligent she was. And she's over 30, which made me happy. I was like, oh my God, there's someone that's like as successful and like reaching all these different demographics and feels over 30. So I was like, oh, this feels nice. Feel seen. Yeah, I found her a while back. Like, I think we were, yeah, we're just in the world where we kind of see people kind of randomly come up. And she was one that I was like, oh, while you are wanting to be a part of this influencer type world that a lot of people are in, I feel like her intention and approach was like very pure and very herself. There was like no... There was no shame or I perceived no shame or insecurities around like taking this seriously, you know, taking like her career seriously and really growing her business and her brand seriously. And yeah, I just I really appreciated like the energy that she was bringing to it. And I never questioned whether she was like, I don't know, there's just some ways that people kind of manipulate 
their way to fame, if we want to call it that. And I just felt like she was like, I'm going to be myself. I'm kind of going to tell y'all whatever the fuck is happening with me. And I'm going to do so in a way that feels like very much true to me. And let's see how we ride. And it just blew up from there. And I love her leaning into comedy and then also having that balance of just like realness. I just, yeah, I knew that she was going to be big, but she's really surprised me in a lot of ways of how she has stretched her brand and like her ability as a talent across so many different mediums. Yeah, she was a writer and she worked in a lot of different entertainment spaces. And so it's like leveraging that has been part of her gift. And her being over 30 and having experience working different types of jobs has also been a part of her gift. And I loved, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, that it actually was really important for our career at almost 30 and then her career as well to have jobs prior to going into social media. Because then not only do you have a foundational understanding of business and the way the world works, but you are able to then parlay it into other like mediums or channels or things like her serious radio show or her books or whatever she's going to do next and she's working on next. And you can be so much smarter about it than I think it's a little bit more challenging if you kind of just get like pushed into TikTok or social media right away from college or even from high school because you're sort of warped and you might just get taken advantage of it in the industry. Yeah, definitely. So this episode, we are focusing on her career, kind of her come up and kind of the next, you mentioned that she was discussing stepping away a little bit from TikTok and just the reasons for that, which is so interesting. And then also talking about dating. Yes. She was saying that TikTok is just dark. Like it's just, you don't say. I know I'm like, how did you last so long? (laughs) It just feels like such an odd place, but I really love the opportunity to allow herself to evolve. Then talking about dating stuff was just so much fun because I'm obviously newly in the single world. It was fun to talk about dating with someone that has been in the game for a while and I really, really love her approach. And then our next episode this week, we'll be talking about friendship and we'll be talking about body and our journey with that. So both of these are going to be incredible and I'm really excited for you all to listen. You're going to really enjoy. Her book is The Shift and it is out now. Change your perspective, not yourself. It is by Tinks. You can find her on all social medias at Tinks. That's T-I-N-X. And again, this is Almost 30 Podcast. We have been doing this for about six years now. We have over 600 episodes for you to dig into. We have a daily dose called Morning Microdose, which is a five to 10 minute podcast episode that just brings you to the juicy juice of some of our favorite guests, healers, teachers, leaders, speakers, people like Tinks. So highly suggest you subscribing and listening to Morning Microdose as well. And you can find anything else about Almost 30. All of our courses, our programs, our membership, which is now open for enrollment again, is all available at almost30.com. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. We will see you on the other side. Enjoy Tinks. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. 
Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. I want to say more about you finding your your purpose later in life because I feel like so many people feel like that's a negative. I know. They feel like it's a bad thing to find it later, but almost 30, the podcast, obviously it's like we were in our later 20s when yeah. we figured out our thing. And I'm so grateful that I was in the corporate world, that I had all the paths yeah. that I did yeah. because it's the best. And like how grounded you are now with your business acumen is crazy. You can apply right. actual strategy versus just being like, oh my God, like I made $5,000. Now I can spend it. It's like, you can be like, okay, how, what is the best way for me to use this money? What is like my plan? What are my goals? When I started TikTok, it was in May. Very shortly after I was like, I know I want to make this my job. And by December, I was full-time. May 2020? Yeah. Okay. And by December, I was full-time content creation. And it's like, I would have never been able to do that yeah. had I not been my age. I mean, maybe if I was like a genius, mm -hmm. but for me, I wasn't smart. I mean, I'm still not smart or whatever, but it's like, you're able Baby, you're to very smart. Thank you. But you know what I mean? Like, you're able to just be like, you see the green lights and you're like, that's okay. I can just do this now. It's just a different vibe. Whereas if I was 24, I would have been like, oh my God, like I literally... Because I remember, I remember my first big brand deal was $5,000. Mm -hmm. I was like, I am... Bill Gates. A hundred percent. I am fucking rolling in the mm -hmm. dough. I, you know, whatever. And if I had been 24, I would have 100% spent mm -hmm. that all at Zara. Like, yes. All. Mm -hmm. And I would have been like, and then I can Poshmark it and make the money back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I loved being older too, because the business acumen that I have with business is so much better. Totally. And I think people who, and I just like my point with our audience is that when you are approaching your passion or purpose, when you have more experience under your belt, you're just so much better set. You're probably such a smarter businesswoman. You're so well-spoken. Like, you know the future of your business and you allow it to evolve. And you also, at this point, especially with your new book, like you're not identifying with just one aspect of just being a TikTok right. creator. Right, right. No, like everything I do is like, get away from that. I don't feel good in myself after I watch TikTok anymore. Yeah. 
I don't have the joy of creating anymore. I love Instagram. Like I, I feel very happy yeah. when I go on Instagram. I enjoy creating stories. I enjoy making feed posts. I enjoy my community on there because it's more like opt-in. And at first when I was starting out, I was like, I loved that it was like, oh, anyone can show up mm-hmm. on your For You page. And now I'm like, I don't know if that's actually... Say no more. Because it's like... That's right. I was like, I love that like you get everything. I'm like, I don't want everything. I I don't want to be on people's pages Uh who don't like me. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want that. Like, Mm -hmm. you should be able to opt in or opt out. It's a very negative place in the comments. Yeah. Like, a good video is like, people will find it. I don't know. I I don't like the culture on there. I'm not really on. Almost 30 is on. So I don't really... I haven't like dipped into seeing the comments. For me, it's like on TikTok, they don't even seem like they're real people. Yeah. You're like, how is this a human? It's weird, but I think that's what always fascinates me about the work that you do because it's like, how do you stay so attached to having an audience that you really love and respect? Like, you are so community focused, like you're so passionate about the people that you serve, but then you also, if you're looking or staying engaged, you then see the negative comments and the things that are hard. Exactly. What's like your balance with that? It's really difficult. Like I'm now really strict with myself. I don't read comments. Like I read my DMs. Yeah. I still get negative DMs, but like I filter certain words. I use that really, really heavily. Pretty frequently. I'll get like a really mean DM or mean comment, whatever. But like now I have to be strict because it, it takes a while. And it's also like your ego wants to read them i hate when people are just so flippant and they're like oh just don't read the comments and it's like if someone was writing 100 things about you wouldn't you be curious like you're a human being of course you would but now i'm i've trained myself like it really throws me off yeah if i read something really mean like it really makes me feel upset and it throws off my work and so i just try to visualize like a hair straightener that's been on for 24 hours and i'm like if you touch it, like you'll burn yourself and the burn will last for three days. Mm -hmm. And I just like literally think about that. And I'm like, there's no good that can come out of this. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I try. It's one of those things where people, I was thinking about this recently where people are like, don't care what people think. Like you can't care what people think. And it's like, yeah, exactly. I I roll because I'm like, it is so a part of our nature to care what people think and to be in a culture where we're so community focused we've grown up tribally like yeah it's just a part of who we are so to say and to not care when it's part of our like survival strategy to see what could be seen as a threat and like and it's just our neural pathways to look for the negative in things but i think that that's what people don't really understand about the work that you do it's like it looks so beautiful and fun and like all of these things, which it is. But then there is that toll that it takes on you that can be really exhausting and really hard. So therapy has supported you. Like what's been your like support for that? Yeah, a lot of therapy. I I love my therapist so much. I truly wouldn't be here without her in a lot of ways. She supports me and it's work. Like you Mm -hmm. actually have to work. I talked to my community a lot about like when I started making the shift, all pun intended, and I started doing the work. Like when you go from being a person who's just like living as a person and that's not in judgment. It's just like a maturity thing. When I was like 27, 28, I was like, I don't feel good in myself. Like I'm comparing myself to everybody that I know. I feel miserable. I feel like empty. I don't have any purpose. Like I need to start doing the work. And that what that meant for me is like going to therapy more seriously and not just like venting about my day, but being like, these are the things that I want to change about myself. These are the things I want to work on and journaling and reading the books and doing all that. So it's like I had a running jump in that sense, but that was, it's been therapy and continuing to do the work and being self-aware and being like, okay, like this is affecting me. Like I was saying about the negative comments. You have to train yourself. Your brain is a muscle as much as everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the neural pathways. The neural pathways are used to going down a certain track, which could be negativity, which yes. could be like looking for something that's bad, confirming our belief that we are not worthy, that we are mm-hmm. whatever the negative belief is. And it really is. That's what I like to visualize. It's like that there's this like well-trodden neural pathway that my brain is like, I love to go down this pathway that says you are a bad person, you are ugly, you are whatever the things are. And it's like, how can I switch the train track to go to another path of like, just kind of seeing it as different. But I really love that perspective on therapy, because 
I think that's so powerful because there are moments in therapy where I'm like, this is a total vent session. Like we are gossiping fully. Yeah. And we are just like letting it rip. But there is something about actually utilizing that container and time for your growth and to actually make yourself better. Yeah. But it's not easy and it's uncomfortable. Totally. By the way, the vent sessions are so important to you. Everybody needs someone to talk to and just get, get that off their chest, whatever. But I also think I keep two lists in my phone. This is just like practical tips for therapy. One is like things of the week that I just need to like talk and get off my chest. And then one is like ongoing things I'm working on. And so if I have a week, because sometimes my followers will be like, oh, what do you do when you don't have anything to talk about that week? I'm like, that's when you go to the work. That's when you go back to the the master list and you say, okay, like how is not reading the comments going? How is ego control going? How is negative self-talk going? And that's when you can do those up upkeep. And then what I like to do is like apply those things to recent situations in my life. So I'll be like, okay, like I read this really nasty comment the other day. Like, how did I deal with it? What were the tools I use? And, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think about the women or the people that want to do your job, like want to do what you do, create content, be a public figure, et cetera. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. So much of what you do and in a sense what I do is like the unseen things. It's like you actually going to therapy, doing the work to read the comments or like having the business acumen. It's not just the content creation that makes you withstand as a business person or makes you all the money because that could just fall away. What is like some advice you would give for someone? Maybe they don't want to do exactly what you do, but they're like, I want to be more authentic online. I want to be just feel more like myself, but I'm scared. I would say think about the content that you enjoy consuming. I always go back to that. And I just love when people are just ripping it in their kitchen. You know, they're Mm -hmm. like picking up their phone and they're like, and then this happened. And I love that. And I'm like, that gives me the courage to do it too. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel lucky that I came into this job in the pandemic at a time when we were all very stripped raw we were all kind of at our lowest we were all frightened we were all afraid and so I did it without thinking I was like I genuinely like people laugh when I say this but I genuinely thought we were all gonna die I was like starting to laugh when you were talking because you're like I love that I came and we were all scared we were all gonna die and I was like no I have like the most insane anxiety and like I was convinced (laughs) that like we were in like one of those I just was laughing at like the conspiracy theory vibe happening like dude everyone was unhinged I, everyone was unhinged <laughs> myself included i was i was so afraid i was like this is the end like so afraid like not leaving my apartment whatever like going stir crazy <laughs> and i lived alone and i was new to la mm-hmm. and so i was just like i literally didn't think and then because that was my entryway into it and that's yeah. what resonated i got positive feedback right away so i had a leg up in that sense it's just how i started and i don't know any other way yeah so i would just say make the content that you want to see I really think that that's like such a simple thing, but I always think, what would I want? I remember before I did this job, like I I would listen, I would seek out podcasts where they would like list very specific products that they were using or like I would watch it, you know, and I love that. That's just an example. But like I always get super specific. I'm like, use this or like go to this restaurant, but you have to go at this time and get this exact order. That's what I like. So that's what I do. Yeah, and that's just a tip. It's yeah, that's huge I think it's like the most obvious things are sometimes what people overlook like yeah like they want it to be more complicated Mm -hmm. but at the beginning you were talking about how TikTok yeah it's just not feeling like a place where you want to spend a lot of time yeah does that ever feel scary because it's so much a part of your identity yeah I mean it definitely does and like I'm hoping that it goes in waves and I'm hoping that it kind of gets back to a place yeah I mean maybe I'm personalizing this 100% but I've spoken to a lot of people who kind of came up in 2020 on TikTok and now They just feel like it's a different app. Like in 2020, I would spend seven hours on TikTok and be laughing my ass off the whole time and just feel like, oh my God, this is so fun. And like everything was just so joyful. Mm -hmm. And now I I actually like, it gives me anxiety Mm -hmm. to go on there. And Mm -hmm. I don't really like watch it that much anymore. And look, maybe I'm just a millennial who's aging out. I don't know. And again, I'm totally acknowledging maybe I'm personalizing this. Maybe my content sucks on there. I don't know. But yeah, it does scare me because I remember when I started out, I was like, oh, my God, like I I'm going to make TikTok videos every day until the day I die. Of course. And now I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> of course. That was me when I used to go to the clubs. 
I was like, I'm never not going to the clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's I'm like, never not doing Molly every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like I was just, just like, like thank you. You do. You, you believe literally it. do. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and all your all my friends from college, I'm like, we're never not gonna be best friends. Right. Like right. we are going to be best. It's just so weird how and it's so weird how it doesn't all happen overnight. Things just like gradually shift and change. And then one day you're like, oh my God, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. And it's so interesting how the different personality types deal with that because I'm so I'm like maybe one step more extreme because not only did I say those things and make those promises, but like I like mourned them when I realized that like we actually weren't going to live on a commune together. And that's something I talk about with my (laughs) community all the time is like, I call it the splinter era where Mm -hmm. everyone is just like going off and it's like, it's super jarring for people who like have a hard time growing up. Like I have a little Mm -hmm. bit of Peter Pan syndrome. I'm a little bit immature actually in that sense, which is interesting, but, but yeah, like I fully believed like I was going to be BFFs and Mm -hmm. speak to my best friends and it's okay. You realize like it's okay. Like you change and it's not about like the tighter you hold on to those things, the more stressful it is. And you just have to kind of be like, what feels good now? Who feels good to hang out with now? Like it's all good. I'm obsessed with that. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervin has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and um, It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time. Right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. I was realizing recently, I was like, I'm so sentimental. Yeah. Like I'm the most sentimental Same. person. I'll just be sitting Wait, what's somewhere. your sign again? I'm a Pisces. Okay. okay Virgos yeah. are my people. Yeah, yeah, all my yeah. besties so you're, are all. So you go deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's actually like life is hard for me because I'm so deep, but it's like I'll just be sitting there. I'm like, oh my God, we're never going to be at this place to do this thing. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> sometimes I'm talking, people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. Life is so wild to me Yeah, that you'll just like, we'll never have this specific formula of you and I in this specific place I know doing this specific thing and with friends I mean that has been such a journey for me because I hold on so tight like I get so attached I'm like you're mine for fucking ever and I've realized that as I've gotten older the friends that I've said forever have actually been the ones that haven't I know and the looser is it is the looser the grip the like tighter we are yeah I know that's something I work on actively in therapy too I think for even beyond whatever star sign, whether you believe in astrology or not, if you're a deep feeler, which I feel like you mm-hmm. are, or like a highly sensitive person, yeah. 
the sentiment you can feel towards someone is so overwhelming, like as a friend or as a moment or nostalgia or whatever, that it's like you like I sometimes like I will make myself sick. I'm like, I'm so emotional. And every plane ride I'm on, I put on sad songs and I go through old pictures and I just look at them. And like when I had my reunion with my roommates from just out of college, like a couple weeks ago, I like made us airplay my my phone and I just made us go through all the photos from that era together, which they actually really liked in the end. I feel you. I'm with you. I'm so like, what is that? I think what you said is so important. And it's something that I have just started to work on, which is like the harder you hold on, the harder it is. And it's like the looser, the ones where you're like, maybe we'll be friends, maybe we'll not. You're like, they're like your ride or dies. So it's just like. You have to allow the ebb and flow of friendship in your 30s. Some people are still at the club doing Molly and some people are having multiple babies and you just have to. And it's jarring because I, again, have Peter Pan syndrome. So every time someone is like, we're trying, I'm like, trying for what? And they're like a baby. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Ew. Oh, my God. Why? I feel like they're like cheating on me. I remember I it used to be like, oh, my God, they're having a baby. and <laughs> We didn't talk about it. I'm like, we didn't plan. Like, we promised we would do it together when we were 40 and like, whatever. But you kind of have to just laugh and be like, it's beautiful. And at first I used to shy away from it. But now I really, really lean in. I'm like, tell me about breastfeeding. Like, what's it like? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know. And recently I had one of my girlfriends that I hadn't seen in like two years. One of my best girlfriends. She has two babies. She came down. She was like, I really want to see you. Like, I really want to make the time. I was like a little bit nervous because I was like, our lives are so different. We don't see each other. We text and like whatever, but we haven't seen each other. And she came down to LA for 24 hours. We went to dinner. We worked out. We just talked the whole time. And I was like, the more you are actually, it doesn't matter if you're not in the same place as your friends. It's like, you still care about them. You're still interested in their lives. They're still interested in yours. Lean into it. Be like, what is it like having two kids? Like, what is it like? Like, do you how are you feeling? What is this like for you? Blah, blah, blah. Don't be like, I don't know, which is just like, again, I'm learning. This is all, you know, new for me, newish for me too. just let the ebb and flow. I think that makes total sense, though. What I love about that is just speaking to the divide that you kind of assume you have. Yes. Where, you know what I mean? You're like, oh my God, you're a mom and you're married and I'm not. So you're like, oh my God, like, tell me about your husband. Like, what is marriage like? What is your baby like? And even for them being like, what is it like to do what you do? Yes, yes. I think people assume what you do, assume your life because they, yeah. it's not a problem with social media, but I've even noticed that too with my life and the people that I have in my life that have been friends with for my whole life. It's like, they'll assume that everything I'm sharing online is sort of the updates that I would give totally. them. And it's not yes, at all. Exactly. Like it's actually the opposite of what's actually yeah, going on. Totally. Not like I'm sharing like the opposite feelings, but there's so much more to my experience that I'm not a sharing. thousand percent. And so it's like, how can you bridge the gap between that with people? Exactly. No, it's so true. I know. It's so interesting. That is a really trippy thing about this job. It's like, I bring my whole self to work. Like, I, what you see is what you get online. But that doesn't mean that, like, they know everything. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yes, And I do. that's, like, so difficult. And so that's a trip to to reconcile sometimes. And there are certain things that I don't, show online for example I would never complain online I'm pretty careful about that like I'll have a rant but I would never complain about my job and I will be dead honest in this moment it's because I just don't think that people need or want to hear complaining Mm -hmm. like that much from me there's so many so much bad shit in the world but my friends you're gonna hear some complaining (laughs) you are gonna get an earful when we go to dinner okay I'm gonna tell you about all these issues that, that are going on but yeah, I think too, for what uh, I, this is for my world and probably your world way more. It's like, I can't really complain publicly because people know, you know, names. Totally. So you're like, I, these are public figures or like, these are, yeah. this is money things. Like, this is like stuff about what you do that you couldn't really share because no, totally. there's like people involved that. I have fantasies about doing a really cryptic pod episode oh my God. about this is my life the mean girls of the internet and like life. the truth because people don't know about that at all i ha- i literally have fantasies like oh. how i plan a podcast is i go on a walk and i just sit think about what i'm going to say in my head and i will do a walk pretending like i'm going to do the whole episode just to get it out because it's like the equivalent of the therapy thing where you like write the letter but you don't send it i would just love to tell people the truth about mm-hmm. all of that I would love to tell people the even dirty truth about this industry, all that shit. 
Maybe one day I will, but mm -hmm. I just don't think that it's a good look. I don't think I need mm -hmm. to bring any negativity. I also hate when people do that. Speaking to yeah. like, it's like the inverse of what I was saying before, of like make the content you want to see. Every time I see one of those videos on TikTok that's like, I met an influencer at a party. She's from <laughs> LA. Da, da, da. And I'm like, this is so cryptic. Like mm -hmm. all you're doing is bringing toxicity and negativity to the internet. People are now on a witch hunt to figure out who it is. Yeah. And all you're trying to do is show that you're holier than thou, mm -hmm. that you're like the good one. And it really bothers me. And that's also why I don't do it is mm -hmm. because I don't think it's like if you're going to beef with someone online, just fucking do it. Yeah. If you care that much, then come out and say what happened. Mm -hmm. But that's such a big trend on TikTok. And I really, really dislike it. The reason why I wouldn't do it is perpetuates the stereotypes within the space. Totally. It does. So you're like, like, you're fucking yourself because it all makes everyone look catty and stupid. Sometimes influencers will do things that I'm like, you are the reason that no one likes us. Uh, like, 100%. what just, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. stop it. Oh like, my God. Stop. I have a friend that is an influencer. I love her, but she's not nice to people that come up to her. Yeah. And it makes me want That's to tough. die. Yeah. It's tough. When people come up to me, they have to leave me. They're like, I have to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. I'm like, do you want to come over to my house and like sleep over? Yeah. And just like, I'm like, oh my God, no. It like hurts. My whole thing is whether people are mean or not, I don't really care. It just hurts when someone acts differently online than when totally. they are in person. You're like, totally. oh my God, this hurts my soul. Yeah. I know. I really like to give everyone who comes up to me, like I really do enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people and I want to give everybody a good experience yes. because- I don't know what role I've played in their life. And I mm -hmm. take it very seriously that sometimes I play a very serious role in someone's life. Mm -hmm. But I have like extreme anxiety about it, which I actually have to work through because I'll play, play it over and over in my mind and I'll be with my publicist. And I was like, did I spend enough mm -hmm. time? And she was like, you were there for 20 minutes. We're good. Mm -hmm. We're good. And I'm like, but do you think that they thought I was cold? And mm -hmm. she's like, no, you gave them candy out of your bag. Like, mm -hmm. you were fine. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And also, it's like my true, true community. Like, they know me. I really, really do feel at this point they know me. Yeah. That's a whole thing, too. Because also, you probably, I don't know if you have this, but it's like the fear when you go places. Yeah. That someone might know you and you're not kind of in your best. Uh, yeah. And like, since we're just having the best, most real conversations, like, sometimes you're not in the mood. Oh, sometimes you're right. having the worst day of your life. Yeah. And you want to just look ugly and you don't have it in you and you're about to cry and you feel disgusting because you're on your period or whatever, or you just got some bad news or you just are not like you can't give what you want to give. Yes. I still don't mind. The only thing I mind is not giving people like the experience they want. And sometimes you're just not. Or like if you're at dinner and you're like, sometimes I sit down and I just know the person next to me, which I love, but then I'm like, mm -hmm. I got to be really careful what I say because I'm about to would be with my best friend and whatever. Mm -hmm. Or the worst is when I know it and then they don't say anything and I'm getting up to leave and then they're like, oh, I just wanted to say. And I'm like, you listen to my whole conversation. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was at dinner with my friend Joey and I could feel the girls next to us. And I was like, oh man, I have to edit what I'm saying because they know who, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. The stuff and you just, and then at the end they said it. I was like, oh man, like, yeah, that feeling is such a unique experience because it's for me, me trying to control everyone's perception of me. Totally. I have a perception that I want you to have of me. I want you to think I'm yeah. the nicest, you're whatever. You're so articulate. But yeah, no, you're right. Say more about that because that's true. Yes. In a way, it's like- It's control. It's control. I mean, I like to think that I really do want to honor everyone's yeah, that's time true. with me, mm -hmm. but I, but you are 100% right. The other half of it is like, I want that control. Yeah. And I think that that's why it can be a little bit stressful when you are having a bad day because you're like I need to go do this dinner with my friend or I need to just go to the grocery store looking yeah. like trash but I also need that control and yes. that can be hard and this is for anyone listening because it's not just about if you have a platform or an audience this is for even when before almost 30 or anything when I'm going to work and I'm like I just want to fucking be a bitch today yeah and you have to like show, you know what I mean? It's yeah. for anyone with any relationship where you feel like you want to control the perception of who you are. Totally. I mean, sometimes like on my show, I like almost every day I'll be like, I'm in a seven. Mm -hmm. And I say, and I actually just saw a clip of Brene Brown saying that she does that with her husband. She'll come home and she's like, I got 20%. And I like literally love that. But this is like funny that we're talking about this. I was just in New York last week and I had had such a whirlwind week with the book coming out, yeah. like high highs. And then I took a red eye back to New York. And my brother was like, I want to take you out to lunch to celebrate. And when we got to lunch, I got a text that a girl I knew through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, like it just wasn't good. And I was so upset. And like that second, these three lovely women came up to me and they were like, 
we're your followers. We have mm. daughters. We love you. And I like took a photo and spent time with them. But I was literally in the moment I looked weird because I was so upset. I literally saw them leave the restaurant, cross the street, ran out after them, pulled them out of the cab. And I was like, I need to explain what happened. I'm not a bitch. And they were like, we didn't think you were a bitch. And then I start sobbing, telling him about this girl and they start sobbing and they're like, no, 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 it's fine. And it's like, it's also a good reminder to just like a five second interaction with yeah. someone like you don't know what people are going through. Yeah. And I do feel that in my 30s, I'm more like, I don't know what they're going through yeah. or like, I'm not going to take that mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really. Mm -hmm. In my 20s, I was all about the, like, she looked at me sideways. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. And now I'm like, you know what? She might be having a really shitty yes. day or like that girl might be battling fertility issues yes. or like that guy he might be super self-conscious i'm kind of into giving people the benefit of the doubt don't be an asshole but you never know what people are going yeah. through yeah and two with the make-a-wish situation what i love about that is that i also am like i want to be super honest with people yeah this is actually what i'm i'm experiencing right now and you sharing openly and vulnerably something that you're witnessing or going through is so powerful for people yeah to just hear even in that moment where you had that emotional experience yeah. it was just so tender and you seem like a deep feeler. What's your experience yeah. as like a feeler? It's like in the world. It's so I love it, but it's so exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I have talked to my community about this before where like sometimes I go to a concert and I sound wackadoodle. OK, sometimes I go to a concert and I feel so emotional because I'm like, I feel so deeply like about all of these people coming together and just like to be human and experience mm -hmm. this thing together and just wanting to feel joy and experience art together. Mm -hmm. Deep feeling is exhausting, but it's also like a superpower. Being a highly sensitive person, you are super intuitive. You can read people. You can almost guess what people are going to be like. Like you have this bank of data, but it's exhausting. It's very tiring. Sometimes I'm like, can I just go to a movie without thinking, having an existential crisis? And I think with friendships, like to go back to what we were talking about before, I, I am at peace with it now. But like, I think I do take my friendships a little bit more seriously than other people. It's great when you find another person who's like that hardcore. But like most of the time, people aren't like tanks. We're like blood sisters. We're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I think we are. I like that. And that's probably no coincidence that I love this job so much because I am able to channel so much of this emotion into my girls who I love so much. It's a great outlet because before my friends were like, relax, bitch. Like, we're fine. We're go we are going to go to dinner. You're okay. And I'm just like, no, but I really love you this much. So it can be tiring. And I think it can just, you can get really down on the world and stuff like that. But you can also feel immense love. There's an equal and opposite force and everything so if you can feel that much sadness you can also feel that much love and that's what i always try to remind myself how do you take care of yourself your sensitivity honestly again they're like i just you gotta just do it and also like the boring things like having routine having your non-negotiables not sexy but like it helps yeah you get to a point where you're like i actually need to go to sleep like it would be fun to watch Bravo until 4 a.m. But I actually need to go to sleep for my mental health. And that's good. In the robes. Yes, of course. Just of being course. in robes is like such a vibe. Just uh, lounging. And like literally, no, lounging. but you're right. Like getting that fuzzy blanket, having those fuzzy socks, getting into full. I feel like in my 20s, I didn't do any of that stuff because I was like just running, running, hurricane, hurricane life like all the time. And now I'm like, I literally need to just like, swaddle myself in a blanket mm -hmm. and watch TV. Good. And it's so important. I've been watching top chef for like three hours every night this week and i'm like nothing's better no it's fun yeah <laughs> it's good and it's good when you have those little like almost like an inside joke with yourself where you're, like, where you're like oh we're gonna watch top chef again <laughs> we're gonna get in our blanket yeah i was like i was like is it five yet let's fucking go no it's so fun with how much you love your friends i very much relate but that also means that you feel and experience heartbreak with them yeah what have your friendship heartbreaks felt like and taught you They've been really hard. I think actually talking about it with my community has been incredibly helpful mm -hmm. for me as well. It's like one of the most commonly asked questions and things we talk about where it's just like, I thought that this person who I was going to be mm -hmm. friends with for life, like we are all of a sudden like strangers. And I think it's just focusing on the fact that other people do come in. When you lose someone, you usually there's space for more people to come in and focus on that. 
and kind of just realizing that it's not because you were a bad friend. It's not because you didn't love them hard enough. It's because you're just not in the same place anymore or like someone changed. And also realizing that like I changed too and like taking responsibility for that. I'm not the same girl I was in college either. We need to state that (laughs) fact. And I think just thinking and also realizing that sometimes they come around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it can Mm -hmm. be like a river flowing. It comes in and out and they can come back. And again, anytime, like almost any problem, if you go back to gratitude, like that's a main tool that I use with my therapist. It's like, okay, well, first of all, have gratitude that you had such a great friendship that you're missing it. And that's amazing. Some people don't have deep friendships and that's not something I take for granted. And then secondly, be grateful that more people are coming in. Mm-hmm. And you have space for those and focus on all the other amazing things in your life and just feel grateful that you are acknowledging the this human experience. I love what you said. And something I relate to is like, or I don't know if this was exactly, but I had to leave some friendships because they were friends with a version of me that was like outdated. Yeah, of course. Like I was like, oh, the way I was in our relationship, taking full responsibility is not how I want to be anymore. Yeah. And so that relationship, because it was based on an outdated version of me that was like a pushover or whatever it was, like actually needs to go. And so I need to like go figure out, become more of who I am. Maybe we'll be back. But like it actually is like an expired version that we were in relationship with. Totally. It's like that's again kind of beautiful because you're honoring the change in yourself and the growth in yourself and realizing sometimes people you outgrow them and that's okay and it also I always remind my followers that like if you feel like a lot of shifts happening and like a lot of people dropping off you are probably leveling up you're probably starting to do the work you shift into a new group of people you're all of a sudden like actually that person who only wants to hang out with me when we're blackout on Friday night like they don't want the best for me And also, it's so important to think which of your friends are encouraging you to grow. Like, really take note of that and be like, wow, that person, like, she followed up and asked me if I applied for that job. Or like, she asked me, like, if I went to therapy this week. Like, she really gives a fucking shit about me. And those people stick around and they are like, no, 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 grow, 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 and I'll grow with you. Mm -hmm. And that's like, those people are top notch. I love that so much. I also love that too because, and I loved in the shift when you mentioned this about friends, it's like, you don't have to know what to say, but just showing up. Totally. Even with the therapy thing, like I just love the simple, it's so simple. Last time in our conversation, I said, I wanted to apply for this job. I wanted to do this thing. And then for them, next time we hang out or the next week, just be like, hey, what's going on with this? Yeah. You're like- Checking in. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you don't know what to say. And like, that is also- like for me with a lot of my friends who have kids and for a long time I was like I don't know what to say like literally what should I do pick up the phone and go goo goo gaga like <laughs> whatever but then I was just showing up just being yep. like how are you doing I don't know what breastfeeding entails but I hope you're okay tell me about it like literally just like that and it means the fucking world they don't know what's going on in my life but when they're like wait how's the pod I don't get a chance to listen but like tell me how it's going like means the fucking world it doesn't matter what you say people just remember how you make them feel And it's if you make your friends feel supported, that is the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For my mom friends, I just make it easy as hell. Yes. When I hang out with them. Yes. I'm like, what is the most easy thing for you? Is it 4 Mm p.m. on a Tuesday, 4 to 6 p.m.? I will come over. I will help you put the kids down. Like, it's just. Yeah. Because I know, too, that when I have kids or whenever that happens for me, like, I want that type of support and friendship. Totally. And I also loved in the book how you mentioned about the flaws. Yeah. It's like loving your friends for their flaws and those aspects of them that are like quirky yeah you have to accept their flaws except everyone has one fatal flaw and so you have to like what's your fatal flaw okay mine is impatience and that's okay and that's so basically for anyone who doesn't know my theory it's like all of your best friends have one fatal flaw and you either have to accept it and anything that falls under that flaw is like a write-off or you have to be less close with them because you can't have a best friend where you're like constantly bitching about their one thing either you have to accept like because I that really annoys me when people are like and it's like that's who they are so mine is impatience and that is on a total scale like some things are very benign I 
have to like eat my food right when I get it, even if we're in the car. Like I can barely wait for other people to get to eat their mm-hmm. food. Or like sometimes we'll be at a party and I'm like, I'm leaving. Like I, I can't even wait for anyone. I need to go right now. Or it'll go to the extreme where I'll be impatient with my friends about their progress. I think I'm showing my love, but I can be very harsh with people and be like, well, why haven't you broken up with him? And you deserve a promotion. Da, da, da. And I know that can be very grating and difficult. And I'm sure some people have demoted me in their friendships because it's too intense, but that's my fatal flaw. I would say that mine probably is that that or something else because there might be something else, but I would need to like unearth it. I it, like fully asked my best friends. I was like, what is it? And they were all unanimously like, wait, that's iconic. Yeah. They were like, obviously that you're impatient. Like you can't even finish your sentences sometimes because you're on the next thought. And we're like, what are you talking about? Wait, that's <laughs> sometimes Lindsay, my best friend. Sometimes I'll be talking. And she'll have to like interpret because I'm not making complete sentences. I'm just saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. in my mind it's something, <laughs> but it's not like coming out of something. Yeah. But with leaving parties, dude, my friends, they'll be like, you morph. Yeah. If it's time for you to go, you morph into something where you're like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I need to fucking go. No, I need to go. I get like panicked. But Same. I can also be like fully rude with my impatience. And that's something I'm working on. If I'm in a conversation I think that's a highly sensitive thing. That I'm like, I just, if it's like too much small talk, I like literally my eyes are like going over here. I know. And it's really bad. I know. That's why I do love diva comment incoming. I do love <laughs> having like a squad with me when I go to stuff like at my assistant or like one of mm-hmm. my managers, or whatever, because they know now that I'm just like, if someone is, starts to be like, well, the weather is, and they're just like, well, got this one tanks is going to glaze over in a second. <laughs> Dude, that's what they say. They're like, you've left the building. They're like, I'm like, watching you leave the building. Yeah. They'll be like, we have 20 minutes until yeah. you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. fully gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's also, I've realized it's like, that's the part of me that's like, it's a beautiful thing, but I like want to control how people perceive me. I have so much energy. So I'm like, oh my God, the best time ever. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like done and I'm like, there's no more value I'm going to gain from this experience. No, it's true. Or this party, I'm like, we're done. No, same. I want to leave parties too when it's the best. I don't want to wait till like people are looking around. No, I'm like, I don't like yes. that. I'm not like last girl standing at all. Zero. I'm like, I like to come in, cause a huge scene and be in bed by 1230. Literally, exactly. I want everyone, like when they've had the best time at the party and they're looking around to see me and be like, oh my God, yeah. And then I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've disappeared into the night. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like when people are like, oh yeah, where should we go? No, I'm completely out. No, 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 yeah. Confetti is falling. I'm there and then I'm out. Yeah. And then when you wake up, you have a million like, where are you? Where are you, Ted? Oh my God, 100%. Horny for those. (laughs) What would be your advice for being a good friend besides just showing up and really loving someone's fatal flaw? Anything else that you really think? I think being vulnerable is really like how I've been able to have so many deep friendships. I feel like you're probably the same way, but everyone's like, you have a lot of best friends. And I'm like, I do. I'm really lucky. I, I just like I love talking about everything, like being really vulnerable. And I think sometimes it can be hard with women because we are like bred with this scarcity mindset. Oh, if you tell her you're like having trouble with your boyfriend, she's going to think that's a weakness. And it's like, no, no, no. That's, that's how the you craziest get. thing I've ever heard. What kind right. of psychotic person would think that? Like, it's like you <sighs> need to get close. You need to get deep and vulnerable. And also just cut people slack, especially if you're in your 30s. Yes. There's nuance. That's so hard for people to understand, but don't take advantage of that, but you should cut people slack. If your friend needs to cancel on your dinner, do not fucking hang them out to dry for that. Like they needed to cancel. You've needed to cancel. If they like don't want to go out all of a sudden and they prefer to stay in, cut them that slack. Obviously, if it's a pattern, that's a different thing. But on the whole, I think once I started massively cutting people slack and not holding them to some psycho standard, everything got easier because then you get it back in return. And then people know like, you're a chill person and like you it doesn't matter like they're more likely to include you in whatever yeah. just cut people slack mm-hmm. and, and also try to not be judgmental that was a lot of things and listen I can be judgmental not in a way of ooh, she's wearing a short skirt but in a way of if I don't think people are fulfilling their potential I can be a little judgmental and that's difficult for my friends so I'm working on that but whatever choices your friends are making try to look at it from their point of view and just sit with them in it Yes. I don't want to answer after you say every question. Be like, I love that. I love that. I love that. But I just, the slack thing is huge because also there was a part of me that I would take things personally. Totally. They don't want to go to dinner. I'm like, this is, and also there's like this kind of culture and I don't know if it's younger, but it's like have boundaries, have standards. The energy people should be giving you is like the energy you give them. It's like, yes. And allowing for the natural evolution of the human experience, which is like people canceling or people like, 
I'm also on this tip with my deep relationships where I'm like, I want everyone to feel okay with not being perfect around me. Yes, exactly. So that means letting me down. That means maybe us getting in like a little, having an energy where like we're annoying each other. Yes. Or you do something wrong or I do something wrong. Yeah. And I just don't want to be in relationships anymore that don't survive like a little bit of friction. Totally. I think that's so evolved and it's so helpful because- that's natural, as you said. I love a little tiff. I love a little tiff. I love to be like, no, that really annoyed me. No, we're in a fight. I, I like even say it in a joke. I'd be like, no, we're in a fight. That really irritated me. And then you move on and it's like, okay, that's yes. all good. It's like intimacy. Exactly. Like the little rupture. So like intimacy to me is not just vulnerability is important, but it's not just having vulnerability. It's like being able to come back after rupture. 1000%. And that's like my deepest relationships are the ones where it's like, Actually, we've gotten to the point where we're like, ooh, this feels a little crunchy. It feels uncomfortable. Like there is a moment where either both of us or one of us is like, I don't know, man. And then you're like, oh my God, like actually I've come back and I love you even harder and I understand you even more. And I feel even safer with you because we've both had a moment where we actually were our true selves, which is a perfect flawed human, instead of this perfect person where I'm like, I'm so vulnerable and cool and all these things and You were the real you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Tinks. Again, the book is The Shift. You can find her on all social medias at T-I-N-X. And you can follow Almost 30 Podcast at Almost 30 Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. We have all of our podcast interviews in video on YouTube, which looks really great. And then we have Morning Microdose, which is our daily dose podcast between five and 10 minutes available wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. You can find all discount information in our show notes as well as on almost30.com. Always bringing you brands that we vet for you and really love and really use. So enjoy those. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show. We appreciate your listenership. More episodes like this exist in our library, over 600 of them. So Dig in, share this with a friend, and we'll see you on the next episode, part two of Tinks on Thursday.